Online Crossroads fam. This is Kenny. Glad that you're here with us for another podcast. This is a Chronicles of Kenny. Every so often I try to just get away from everything and just maybe get some things off my chest. Just talk about some of the topics that that I'm being uh, asked about, uh, questions that in the circles that I run in, we talk about a good bit. Uh, I was very fortunate a couple of weeks ago to be on a podcast with a group of youth pastors from around the Southeast. And one of the questions that was asked uh, to us was, what have you seen change over the years? Mr. Scott Dawson, a man that I would consider to be a friend of mine, uh, he's got a podcast called Dawson Now. Uh, you need to check that out. He's got some great content on that. But he has uh, had a group of youth pastors from all over the Southeast that were there for a summit. And I was fortunate to sit in on one of the, the podcast sessions. And that was the question that was asked. And uh, I've been doing youth ministry for around 27 years, I think. So a lot has changed since I've been involved in youth ministry. And probably the biggest thing that changed changed is how everything today is instant. Uh, and because everything is instant, uh, it's, it's almost we're almost to a place where there's nothing you can plan for your students that's exciting anymore. Uh, when I first started youth ministry, a thousand years ago, um, you know, we, our praise and worship team, they were uh, four guys. Two guys would strum a, a string on the guitar. Uh, another guy and a girl would sing a song, and another guy would sit on the desk, and he would beat a wooden desk. It would sound like a drum, and then he would change the transparencies. Now everyone's got praise and worship teams. If you don't have a praise and worship team, you can just pull up YouTube, and you've got a, the greatest praise and worship teams ever right there at your fingertips. So uh, everything is instant now, and that's one of the things that, that I talked about and that we all talked about while we were there is – you, it's, fine, it's becoming more and more difficult to plan events just because everything is instant. Uh, whether it's a trip that you're going on that kids used to be excited about, well, they go to the mountains three or four times a year. They go to the beach two or three times a year. So how do you plan something that's exciting for them? And that's one of the, the things that we run into, and it's because everything today is instant. And it comes down to something that we, I, it, by no means is this the sole purpose for it, but one of the things that, one of the factors in our instant world is the thing that we hold in our hand, uh, the cell phone. You know, before I leave the, the house in the morning, you know, I, I do the frisk. I check to make sure I got my keys, I got my ink pens, uh, and then I, I reach for my phone to make sure I've got my phone. Uh, we're constantly looking at our students going, hey, it's Bible study, bring your Bible. And they'll just look at you like, um, as my mother or father would say, like a calf staring at a new gate. They just can't figure out why it's so important that you say, bring your Bible. And they say, well, I've got it on my phone. Well, I don't want you on your phone during Bible study. I, you know, if you can remember to bring your phone to Bible study, it's not phone study, it's Bible study. Uh, be sure and bring your Bible. Uh, but the phone has become... I don't, I don't know what, how I would, would categorize it. It's become one of the most important things in our lives. And yes, it is a necessary thing to have contact, but it's also something that's become a, a, a detriment. I think that's a word. It's become something that's detrimental to our society because, uh, because of our use of cell phones, we have forgotten the art of having conversation. I would love listening to my father tell stories about when he was a kid. And I would be like, well, what do y'all do? What did y'all do on the weekends when you were a kid? He said, well, we'd go up to Uncle Son's and we'd just, uh, everybody from the community come around. We'd just sit around and talk and we'd play piano and somebody bring a banjo and somebody always had a fiddle. And we'd just sit around and play music and dance and cut up. And I thought that was the strangest thing in the world. 
But now I long for the time where we just sit around and have conversation. Because now conversation is based on how many characters you type into a box, uh, if you've got cell coverage or not, so you can send a message out. Um, we have become that world, that society that depends on our phones to have conversation. And many of you would probably agree with the statement, you know, you could send me a text and I might get your response, but I might not really understand what you're saying in it because I can't see the emotion behind the text. Um, one of the, the things that I heard on the radio the other day is if you send someone a text message and their response is sure, then that means that they're really disgusted with you and they're just like, sure. Whereas if you're face to face with that person, and you ask them the same question, they go, sure. Then you know that that's really not what they're excited about or what they want to be a part of. Uh, we've lost that that ability to just sit down and have conversation. Uh, one of the, the more fun things we've done here in the past, we did this thing called Friendsgiving. Where we were in Tennessee, there wasn't cell phone coverage. And it was so neat to watch our students turn phones down and just go turn phones down, turn phones off, and go out and play. And just that little lack of having the ability to send a text message from one cabin to the next. You had people that had to get up and go talk. And it was funny because after a couple of hours, they were fine with that. Yet when we get home, that's one of the first things we do. I challenged our students a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about uh, the importance of just spending time with your family and how important that is. And and I know as a teenager, you don't want to hang out with your parents and all, but there's going to come a time when you wish you had that time. And so I, I asked the question, I said, what would your parents do if you walked in one night and you turned your phone off and you set it on the counter and you just sat down in the living room with them. And they just looked at me like I was crazy. I said, yeah, it's crazy to think that you would actually do that. Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, you're never at home. Uh, you're always on the go. So, you know, how does that look in today's world? And that's one of the the, the things that, that I just keep thinking about. In this instant society, uh, we find a desire for instant acceptance as well. And in doing that, we find ourselves being a part of everything that's going on just so we can be a part of everything that's going on. There is a, a genuine thing called FOMO. It's the fear of missing out. And uh, the first time I heard that, I thought that is the craziest thing in the world. But I thought back to when I was a teenager, which has been a long time ago. But we would go to school on Monday and you would hear about what other people did over the weekend. You had no idea during the weekend what was going on unless you happened to be there. Um, and, you know, based on what you heard happen, you would either be like, glad I wasn't there. Or, Dang, I wish I was there. Uh, in today's world, you know everything that's going on because people are just social media freaks. They're putting it out on Instagram, on Snapchat, on whatever your social media preference is. As soon as something happens, it goes out. Uh, last night, Chilton County High School graduated, and I didn't go to graduation. I had a, I've had a lot of stuff going on, and I just needed a, a night to sit at home. And um, by nine o'clock, I got to see graduation because everyone had posted pictures, everyone posted videos, and so even though I wasn't there, I know exactly what happened in that graduation. That's the world we live in, where everything is at our fingertips, and that's that's the thing that that I'm thinking about the most is. Is there ever a time in today's world where we are by ourselves? And that might sound like a, a, a strange question, but being by yourself, are you okay with that? Um, 
I, I grew up in a very rural area. We didn't have neighbors. We had an interstate on one side of our property. On the other side of the property across the street was a couple, and they were in their 70s, 80s. I'm not sure. Uh, so I didn't really have folks to go hang out with. We didn't live in a community where you would just walk to a park and everyone was there. Uh, the only time we were getting together is if I had a ball practice or if there was a ball game or if we were going to church. Uh, you didn't just jump in a car and run to someone's house. And we had one car growing up. So a lot of times the car was wherever dad was working. And so there was a lot of times you just sat at home. And growing up that way, being around people is not something that I find I have to do. Uh, I watch a guy on YouTube and um, his, his YouTube channel is My Self-Reliance. And, and I get very jealous of him because he's, he's doing these videos and he shows how he builds log cabins. And it's just he and his dog up there in the woods. And I'm thinking, man. That would be a great life just to go and be by yourself and just be. And it's not that I don't love being around people. I love my family. There is nothing in this world that I love more than my wife and my son. Uh, but there are times when they're gone and I'm just like, man, this is nice just being by myself. Uh, today's one of those times. Uh, my wife is a school teacher. My son's recently gotten out of school. And so she's going to uh, take her mother shopping. And so I'm going to be at home just chilling. And I'm, I'm really excited about that, just being alone. Uh, but I'm finding more and more that people don't know how to be alone because they never truly are. We watch our son, who's 13, uh, as soon as he gets in a car, one of the first thing he does is picks up his phone because once we drive about a quarter of a mile from our house, he gets a cell phone signal and he can check to see how many people have been after him, how many people have been talking, uh, trying to get him in conversation, what's going on in the world of social media. And we joke about it as older adults. I don't know that I'm an older adult, but I'm, I'm older. And we, we joke about it and say, man, we used to go places and come home and not wonder if anybody tried to call us. There wasn't answering machines. Uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, they keep calling until they finally got you. And we thought nothing about it. But now, as soon as we get up in the mornings, one of the first things we do is grab our phone to see if we've missed out on anything. And I'm guilty of that. Every day, I get up at 5 o'clock every morning. Uh, I go get my coffee, and I sit down and do my quiet time. And then as soon as I finish my quiet time, I turn to the book of face to see what I'm supposed to hate or what I'm supposed to like for the day. Uh, people are spouting out their opinions about everything, and I just I read through just to see you know what everybody's mad about for the day. Um, but there was a time where that wasn't really part of our life, but it is today, and it's even more so in the life of teenagers. Uh, we live in a world that, as I guess the the way I put it to to people when I talk, we live in that highlight real moment. Uh, if you're an athlete and you're trying to get a college scholarship, uh, you send your highlights out. If you're a basketball player, you're sending the shot where you dribbled perfect and made the shot. You don't send where you dribbled it off your foot. You don't send the, the video of you falling on your face. You don't send the video of you missing the dunk. It's only the best things you show. If you're a baseball player, it's the greatest hitter, the greatest throw, the greatest catch, football player, the best run, whatever it is, the best tackle. Uh, but uh, you don't send the other things. And I never really saw that until I was in New York a couple of years ago with a group uh, on a mission trip. And we had gone into Manhattan and we're sitting there in Times Square. And there were four young ladies. And they're like, hey, Kenny, Kenny, take a picture. Take a picture. I said, like, yeah, yeah, I'll take your picture. And so they got posed up in Times Square. And I took the picture and handed the phone back. And as I turned to walk away, wait, 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 wait. 
What is it? Take another one. I wasn't looking right. And I spent 25 minutes taking pictures of these four girls doing the exact same thing time and time again. But they had to check the picture to make sure it looked the way they wanted it to. And after that 25 minute mark, I said, hey, this is the last picture I'm taking. Y'all are absolutely ridiculous. And they looked at me like I was just goofy, which I probably am. But you're in Times Square. I don't care if you your smile's just right. I want to go see what's going on in Times Square. And when they send that picture out, everybody sees the perfect picture. They don't see the one where your eyes are half open and you look drugged. They don't see the one where the guy's running around behind you naked or whatever. Not that that happened, I don't think. Uh, They only see the highlights. And we've got a society, we've got a generation of people that that's how they judge what's going on in their life based on what everyone else's highlight reel is. They see someone's picture and they think, I have to look like that. They see a group of people together and they feel left out. Uh, they they see okay. the. I found this on the web for a group of people together. That is not good. Out. See, my telephone just now. Siri just picked up on what I was saying, so that's not a good thing. Um, they they see the highlights of everything that's going on, and they they feel either good about themselves or bad about themselves based on what they see in everyone else. And that's one of the things that I say to our students is that you need to be able to put your phone down and not even care about it which is a crazy thought today. Uh, One of the things that that I'm constantly telling our students is you need to spend some time with just you and God. And they understand what I'm saying, having a quiet time. And I said, but even more than your quiet time, just sitting down and thinking about God, thinking about the blessings that he's given you, thinking about what your future might be, what you want to do with your life and all that, and not being concerned with what's going on outside. And I was talking to a parent about that the other day, and they said, well, what's it like at your house? I said, well, it's, it's your typical house. I've got a 13-year-old, and, and we're constantly busy doing things, either uh, through soccer or through church or through his social events. But I try each night for us to be at home just to sit down and have some time together. Uh, and usually it's over a meal. And we don't, we don't do it every night, but I try just because I think it's important for us to have that time where it's just us as a family. And that mother looked at me and she said, oh, that would be so nice. And I said, so tell me, what, what's your Tuesday night like? And she said, well, this one's got practice at 5 o'clock. I drop them off at practice at 5, and I've got to take the other one over to practice at 5.30. And then I come back and I pick this one up, and then I pick that one up, and then we're rushing home because it's 7 o'clock at night, and we're rushing home. And I usually run through a drive through and pick up some food, and they eat it on the way home. And then as soon as we get home, they're getting showers, and they're getting their homework done, and then they're going to bed. And I thought, man, if that's that's our existence is just rushing to try to be a part of everything. What are we missing out on as a family? And so I said, you know, I think one of the most important things we can do is just to unplug from the world and just do things as a family. And they said, oh, I agree. And they said, we're already looking forward to our vacation when we're going. We're going to the beach and we can't wait. And, you know, our our child and their friend. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you said it was a family vacation. Well, it is, but you know, they wanted to bring their friend. I said, why? They said, well, you know, they just don't want to just be there with us. And I was like, that's where we're missing things. Our kids don't understand how to be by themselves at all. I talked to a teenage girl not long ago and I said, so what's going on in your life? And she says, I just feel so alone sometimes. And I asked her, I said, how do you feel that way when you're never by yourself? She said, what do you mean? And I said, I've watched you since you came into the youth room. 
I said, you're sitting here in the upper room on your phone talking to your friends that aren't here. So you're not by yourself. You're in constant contact. You've spent all day with those people at school, and then you're going to spend all night talking with them on the phone. And she just looked at me, and I said, you, are, you, are you tracking with what I'm saying? You're never by yourself. How do we unplug from the world when it's so vital for us to be plugged into the world? This fear of missing out is growing more and more in our lives. But at some point, we've got to be able to say enough is enough. How do I look at a teenager and say, you don't have to do everything that's going on when there's pressure from their peers to be involved in everything, when there's pressure from their parents to be involved in everything? I watch students that leave cheerleading from a football game to go uh, to a practice of something else they've got going on. Uh, we've got something in our county called Blast from the Past, and it's an amazing performance of songs. But I watch these kids that they're there five nights a week to make sure they're a part of that. And, you know, you're like, OK, you're giving five nights to this and I can't give you can't give one day to this. You know what? How do we pick the things that are prioritized in our life is the most important thing. And what what we're seeing more and more is that the world is so much more important than God in our lives. And it's so easy for an old man like myself who doesn't really have a life other than hanging out with my students and being a part of what's going on in my life with my family. Um, why is it so important for us to be right in the middle of everything when at some point all that fades away? I try to share with our students, I was the same way you were. And I think that's why God's allowed me to be a youth pastor because I've screwed up so much. Maybe I can help someone else. But I told him, I said, at some point, these friends that you feel like you have to be around all the time, you're going to grow up and move off. And you might not move to a million miles from here, but you're not going to see them every day. You're not going to spend time with them all the time. They're going to develop relationships. They're going to, you know, develop a relationship, grow into love and get married. Uh, you're going to do the same thing. Your likes, your interests are going to start separating based on the environment you're in through your job, through your college, and you'll find yourself growing apart. And all that time that you spent to make sure that you were right in the middle of what was going on all the time becomes something that's really wasn't that important after all. But I remember being a teenager and thinking how important it was. I looked back at my yearbook a couple of weeks ago, um, took my son downstairs and showed him my report cards. Boy, that was a mistake. But I showed him my yearbook and his first comment was, my goodness, everybody's got the same hair. And I said, yeah. And they said, he said, there's a lot of hair in this. And I was like, yeah, I'm from the 80s. So we had the rocking hair. The girls did. The guys had the, we called it a bi-level back then. Y'all call it a mullet, but whatever. Um, but those were the things that were so important, just as fashion changes, the things that are important to our lives change as well. And that's one of the things that we've got to remember is all these things that just seem to be so critical in our lives right now are going to fade away at some point. But just as, as sure as fashion changes, your family dynamics will change at some point. Um, my mother and father have been dead for several years now. And I think about my mother and father a great deal. Just about every day I'll say something that my mother would say. I will think something or say something like my father says. And the other day I, I was really thinking about my dad. And I was thinking, gosh, I, I just wish I could spend just a little more time with him. Yet when I was a teenager, you couldn't have paid me to sit down and listen to another one of my father's boring stories. But what I would do to hear one of those stories now 
what would it take for us to unplug from the world and just plug into our families and to plug into God? I'm really convinced that one of the things that I'm going to do with Crossroads is we're going to have an unplugged weekend. And that's where you cannot have a cell phone. You cannot have technology at all. You're going to be just back to the basics of flipping through your Bible to find the passage, uh, writing it down on a piece of paper, and just spending FaceTime with each other. And not FaceTime like on your phone, but actually sitting down with each other and having conversation. I think that's one of the reasons that we're finding a a decline in people evangelizing is because uh, there was a time when you sat down and you looked at someone and you talked to them face to face and you could see in their eyes what was going on in their life. You could see the hurt that was going on in their life and you were able to talk to them about God. Yet now through a text message, I can't see your hurt. Why don't we unplug from the world? and plug into God. Just a thought that's been going through my mind. Um, I hope maybe something spoke to you. I hope that you would uh, come back and visit this this channel again. A channel? Do you call it a channel? Whatever this podcast, uh, Kenny Crossroads. We do a podcast every week. It's usually our Bible studies. But like I said earlier, there are times that I just come and talk about stuff. Uh, looking forward to everything that's coming up this summer for our students and looking forward to doing another one of these soon. Uh, I ask that you would subscribe to us at Kenny Crossroads. Uh, send me some information. I don't know if anyone even listens to this. Send me a message. Go to KennyCrossroads.com. You can find links to all my social media. Send me a message. Maybe send me a topic, something you'd like to, to talk about, something you'd like to hear. Um, just trying to reach out to folks, man, because uh, as technology grows, we need to be able to use it for God's glory as well. So again, thank you for being a part of all that we're doing here. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads.